Welcome to Doc9 Tech Talks, our regular series discussing all things fintech with the leaders and visionaries driving digital change in the financial world. In this episode, our MD, Mark Lusted, is joined by James Tucker, CEO of 27 Tech. Firstly, thanks, uh, James, for agreeing to take part uh, in this interview today. Um, before we get on to the, the main topic of mortgage technology, should we start just by um, catching up on yeah, how things are going, how things are going personally, and how you're adapting to working from home at the moment? Uh, yeah, not not too bad to be fair, Mark. I mean, like like everybody, you know, uh, have have the odd challenge. Um, obviously, got two young kids at home, so that doesn't doesn't make it easy. I think across the business, you know, from an operational perspective, it's it's been easy for us to make that transition. You know, naturally, you're set up as a tech business like you guys are to, to work from home. Anyways, it's quite an easy thing to do. You know, the challenge is obviously more of a cultural one. You know, how do you keep people engaged? How do you make sure that the values you have as a business continue to to flow across the business when you're all in disparate locations? So far, we we've done really well at that, and and hopefully it will continue. What, have you got any tips there on uh, for, for people in companies and how to keep people engaged from a cultural perspective? Yeah, I, I think the, the best thing I can say is just over-communicate. You know, mm. right now people want to hear from the senior leadership team. They want to hear from people running the business. They want to know what steps you're taking to protect the organization, to protect their jobs, yeah. what things you're doing to make their lives easier. So, you know, if you used to talk to people once every couple of weeks about what was going on, you know, make it once a week. Make sure you've got, if you've got a head of people like we have, make sure that person is checking in with all of your team members every week just to make yeah. sure that they're okay if there's anything more you can do to help yeah cool so i guess from an operational point of view similarly with you know we're kind of a digital native company so we could, could adapt fairly quickly but um i guess from a kind of from a bigger perspective so how has this current situation affected 27 tech and, and you know have you had to make any changes around product or uh, the, the most obvious challenge for us has been from a sourcing system perspective, which is obviously part of our business, the, the sheer volume of product changes that we've had from lenders, yeah. um, you know, and understandably so, lenders have been making dramatic changes to their product ranges. Obviously, we've had two Bank of England base rate changes to come as well. You know, clearly from a, from a sourcing system perspective, that's difficult to deal with given the volume of work that's come in for our team to deal with. Um, but the guys have done a fantastic job of reacting to that and updating systems as best we can. And I think we, and to be fair, the other sourcing systems too, have done a good job of keeping on top of that. Are you seeing, I've seen a fair thing, a few things in the press around kind of, uh, that you guys are releasing stats around usage and types of products we've been looking into. I mean, are you seeing a big drop off, I guess, at the moment in terms of usage of resourcing platform? Yeah, we, we have a, a platform called Insight, which basically tracks all the behavior of our users across the system. Uh, typically, we license that out to lenders. But having seen the activity that we've seen in the, the business over the course of the past four weeks, mm. we decided to provide that data for free out to a lot of our partners, both in the lender and broker space, just to help them understand what was coming down the pipe. Because that, that's usually a very good early indicator of where business levels are going. Yeah. And we're seeing right now, in, in terms of pure search volume, for example, about a 40% drop off from where we were about three or four weeks ago. Now, clearly, that's a very significant number. Mm. The positives we're seeing, though, um, is that the switch which what you normally see in, in our volumes is you've kind of got purchase running about 55% remo versus running 45%. Right now it's running about 80% remortgages, okay. but actually the total drop off in remortgage search volumes is about 17%. So it's near nowhere near as bad as you might've expected to see. And that's telling us that our, our broker partners are working really hard to stay in touch with clients, help them identify opportunities to save money if they can. So I think we've been pleasantly surprised by where the market currently is in terms of volume numbers. And we're obviously hoping that, we can maintain where we've reached at this point yes yeah, so i guess the key thing on there is yes, you know, timing is how long this kind of carries on for exactly like, 
vegetables. <laughs> I guess actually, I, I jumped straight into some questions around the product sector. Um, I think most people in the mortgage industry will be very familiar with 27 Tech of the company and, and what you do. For those that aren't familiar, do you want to take a moment just to give a bit of an overview of who you are and what, what 27 Tech do? Yeah, so at, at its most basic level, we, we design and build technology that's designed to make the process of searching, applying for and obtaining a mortgage simpler, faster and more efficient. And we do that across one core platform, which is our Cloud 27 platform, and that has a range of different modules in it. So we have our source module, which where, is where we enable brokers and customers as well if they want to, to search for a mortgage themselves. Uh, we have our apply module, which enables brokers to submit applications directly to lenders and get decisions back. And we have our insight module as well, which as I was saying earlier, is where people can analyze the data that we have in terms of usage of the platform and utilize that to make decisions around, for example, where they see trends in demand and what that might mean if you're a lender for your product range and how to target that range to get the maximum business levels. Cool, cool. I guess uh, from, a, from an agency perspective uh, that works within the space, um, you guys have been really good to work with. Your, your, kind of, um, your quality and level of APIs that you, you just push out there has been, you know, I think it's been really easy for us to work with. Uh, so I think that, you know, I definitely think you guys are uh, making waves in terms of pushing things forward in the sector. I think if we, um, if we look at other sectors, so we do a lot of work in, uh, with challenger banks and insurance companies and others, I think it's fair to say that, you know, the mortgage sector as a whole is a few years behind in terms of technology uh, and even basic things like electronic passing of data between CRMs and lenders, etc. that, you know, a lot of that stuff is still manually rekeyed, which is, you know, which is crazy in, in this day and age. Um, last year, it did feel like momentum was really building finally for some kind of bigger changes in the sector. And, um, um, you know, we, we came to your event in the Gherkin where you launched your uh, mortgage apply products and now it's not coming along. Do you think this current situation, uh, you know, could, could help push that forward and be a bit of a wake up call? Or do you think, you know, the opposite might happen based on you know, budgets being restricted and... I think from a, if you look at a medium term perspective, this, this current situation is likely to drive hopefully faster technological change. And I, and I think if you look, for example, at you know, the needs lenders have got right now to look at the AVM market in a little bit more detail and understand how they can support valuations occurring when physical valuations can't occur. Right. I think from, from a range of different perspectives and a range of different angles, there's no question that this sort of environment will drive lenders and, and brokers as well to identify how they can use technology to make themselves more efficient. Now, clearly, there's going to be short-term challenges in terms of where they direct resource right now, and, and rightly, that resource is directed at supporting customers, supporting brokers, and continuing to lend where they can in the current environment. But I think certainly uh, it changes the mindset in the, the medium to long term to say, okay, if if we've been thinking about things like AVMs or you know things like apply and other situations out there that we've got in the market in terms of um, ID, et cetera, you know, how can we accelerate that? And I think you're gonna see more change over the longer term, you know, perhaps less so in the short term. Yeah, so I think that definitely matches up with conversations we've been having over the last six months here with certain lenders. Suddenly a lot of this stuff's come a bit more important at the moment, you know, particularly around uh, how to how their servicing and call centers can deal with yeah. a massive amount of uh, volume of calls coming through and how they can use technology really to kind of smooth out some of those uh, uh, peaks in there. So I think one of the perennial challenges in the industry and the kind of bugbear for virtually everyone is around reeking of data. Uh, so you know, you're, you're within your broker CRM, they, they have that have uh, customer data, having to rekey that onto lender portals to get dips and then again application stage. So you guys have um, your mortgage applied products, which I think you've had for around for 
uh, a few years now and we're starting yep. to get momentum. Do you want to give a bit of an overview of kind of what the what problems is that looking to solve and, and how are you tackling that? So you're right, Mark. There's two key problems really with the application submission process for brokers right now. And, and number one is that, as you say, you have to rekey all your data. So every bit of information you collect from the customer, you put into a CRM. Once you've decided the lender you want to apply to, you obviously have to rekey that data into their system. Now, apply in the first stage is designed to prevent that rekeying. So ultimately, what we can do is connect to a lender's platform via API and automatically transfer all of that data, all of those documents you've collected over to that lender and get a decision back into our system. So number one, you're saving a good amount of rekeying time, which is great. Number two, one of the other big challenges brokers have is you're dealing with, you know, there's 130 lenders plus in the market right now. You're probably regularly transacting with 30, 40, 50 of those. You know, you've got to learn 30 or 40, 50 different platforms for keying data into. That's an incredibly complex and time-consuming process. So with the principle behind apply is that you have one application submission system and that user journey therefore is identical regardless of whether you're submitting to Barclays Nationwide or Kensington. So you've got that consistency and user experience and then what you've also got is all the case tracking updates coming back into one system. So theoretically once you've got all the lenders live on that platform you can see for every single one of your cases in one centralized place where that case is, what the last message from the late, from the lender is and when you can expect that case to proceed to the next page. So hopefully from an admin perspective that can make brokers more efficient and give them more time to spend with their clients doing the thing they do best which is give them advice. So that that all uh, that sounds that all sounds really good I guess uh, um, and as I mentioned you came, you, know, came to, you had a great event the Gherkin last year I think it was was it around a year ago? Yeah, uh, February last year. Yeah. Last year, so you announced, you know, your pipeline of lenders joining the, the platform, because I guess you need to have a certain critical mass of lenders using, that are plugged into this, especially from the top six, given they really dominate volumes for, for brokerage really to kind of engage with this. Would it be fair to say that, you know, uh, you know how, how has that rolled out over the last year? What, what's, what's the progress been like? Uh, I think it's, as these things inevitably are, it's, it's slower than we'd, we'd hope for. And in fairness to the lenders as well, slower than mm -hmm. they'd hope for. You know, I think the real positive has been from our perspective that, all of those projects that, that we've been working on for the course of the past year, they're still ongoing. And I think if you look at the two we've got live, for example, Barclays and Nationwide, you've got other lenders that are working on other projects. So you've seen uh, Santander and NatWest working with Mortgage Engine, you know, Lloyd's working with Smarter 365. You know, there's no question that there, there is a significant underlying momentum. And I, I do appreciate and understand that it's, it's frustrating for the market when that underlying momentum doesn't necessarily immediately materialize into fantastic new solutions that are ready to use. But yeah. I think you could certainly see back end of last year, start of this year, that actually a lot of the progress that has been worked on over the course of the past 12, 18 months mm -hmm. is now starting to come to fruition mm -hmm. in terms of actual solutions that, that people can use. Mm -hmm. I think what we've learned is, you know, if you're going to go out to market and tell people you're doing something, you know, wait till you've done it. And, and we've done that now with Barclays and Nationwide. You know, when we went to press on those two. It was because they were live and up and running. And yeah. I think that's the stance we'll, we'll continue to take. When, when we've got something to say about, hey, look, we've done this and it's up and running, we'll be the first to jump on and say it that was almost like uh almost like london buses wasn't it you did you know <laughs> one day and it was the like next day you announced uh Barclay. so i guess in terms of um in terms of top six then so you, you probably can't maybe speak completely openly about you know uh, are you are you working with other uh large lenders uh, uh to, to, to use your platform as well yeah i i think you know if you ask any of the lenders in top 20 and outside of that mm -hmm. as 
beyond as well. People like Keystone too, who are already live on the system. You know, yeah. every lender has an API strategy and every lender is working on that strategy and, and coding at the moment as to, to how they can build and deploy those APIs. So mm -hmm. there, there's no question that we and Iris and Mortgage Brain and, and all of the third party tech mm -hmm. providers are in the market are, are working with those guys and committed to delivering it uh, as soon as is, is reasonably possible. I guess they've got the similar challenges of you know, uh, legacy platforms, they've got multiple core platforms. I mean, it's, uh, I mean, are there any kind of lessons you could learn or, or share from working, with, working through some of these challenges with lenders? Yeah, I, I think, you know, the challenges you face as, a, as an enormous large lender, as you say, Mark, is, you know, you've got a huge core platform, which really is, you know, is difficult to architect in such a way now as to support modern API connectivity. I think obviously all of the lenders have done a lot of work with open banking, which has led them down a path of understanding what API connectivity looks like and how to do that securely. Uh, and I think credit to them for that. So, so what you're seeing now is a gradual move to how you can then take that connectivity you built for open banking and deploy it elsewhere. What we've learned is from the perspective of being a third party technology provider, you've got to be incredibly flexible in the way that you work with lenders. So we understand that you know, lender A may be able to produce a decision in principle API today, but they may be three years away from you know, the full bells and whistles that we'd like in terms of FMA and documents. And that's absolutely fine. So our view, and I think everyone else's view in the market is, look, let's, let's get what we can today. Let's deliver some value and efficiency to the broker market and to lenders as well. And let's go on a journey over time with these people and hopefully you know if we can prove the value in what we're what we're doing then we can get to the end solution sooner and then bro what's what, what's the reaction been from brokers so far are they you know in terms of usage has there been a lot of usage on your platform of mortgage apply yeah, so uh, if you take the two biggest lenders that we rolled out recently, uh, Barclays and Nationwide, we rolled out to our partners at uh, MEB and Connells. Um, mm -hmm. And actually the response there has been fantastic. So because it's new technology, clearly we're doing a controlled rollout at the moment uh, to make sure that it's working in the way that we want it to. Uh, but what we have seen is significant efficiencies in process from both of those lenders found by our broker partners, just in terms initially at the outset of reducing that process, as we were seeing earlier, saying earlier, of rekeying data in. So I, I think we're already seeing that there's some significant value to be found in the work that we've done so far and hopefully that will continue mm -hmm. so you mentioned actually um you know your product isn't wholly unique in the market so other providers iris mortgage brain and etc uh, have sort of similar offerings do you do you see your platforms potentially talking together in the future is there any interoperability or, or how do you see that working in the market yeah, absolutely. I think, look, there, there isn't going to be one um, application submission platform that, that dominates the market anyway. You know, that, that's not going to happen. We, we Mortgage Brain and Iris will, will absolutely be in the market together. And I think if you take Iris in particular, who are obviously also supporting lenders from the perspective of providing them their MSO platform, which is their origination system, you know, it absolutely makes sense that we, we are uh, and should be looking to work with Iris to ensure that our systems and theirs can, can talk to each other and therefore we can integrate with the lenders that they're supporting so I, I think you know Mark we as tech providers there's there's nothing that prevents us from working together and from our perspective we absolutely should be sounds good so I guess in terms of sourcing uh, uh, and your mortgage apply uh, um, product that's, that's fairly mature now getting that way do you the other within the triangle of, uh, um, kind of what brokers work with so you have your, so your sourcing data your criteria and your affordability calculations do you have any kind of plans to uh, develop products or integrate with other products around criteria or affordability? 
So, so for affordability, we, we've completed an integration uh, and in fact become a shareholder in MBT, Mortgage Broker Tools. So that's now live for our users now, so they can access that currently and that's gone down very well. Um, in terms of criteria, oh, there you go. <laughs> uh, in terms of criteria, you know, uh, Mortgage Brain obviously bought uh, Criteria Hub a while back. You know, I, I think from our perspective, we've always taken the view that it's our preference to build rather than buy. Um, and clearly, given the success that Criteria Hub and Knowledge Bank have had, it's been a market that we've looked at very closely. Mm. So I think it's fair to say you, you will see us making some, some moves in that area pretty soon. Okay. Okay, cool. Sounds good. So I guess looking ahead a bit broader at the future of the sector, so um, worked with the mortgage technology for more than 10 years now. So yeah, there's been a few kind of uh, full starts and uh, um, thing, you know, times where we thought momentum was building for change uh, and, and, it, uh, and it didn't really come to fruition. But now it does really feel like the time that momentum is kind of building the damage is going to burst. If you, I guess if you could start from a blank piece of paper or think a bit broader around, you know, the future of mortgage technology, what technologies you know, from other sectors do you think uh, um, the mortgage sector could learn from and benefit from? You know, I, I think when when we talk about the process of obtaining a, a mortgage here in the UK, we know it's incredibly complex and time consuming and, and laborious. And a lot of that is because the decisioning process for ultimately whether or not you're going to get that loan tends to occur about two weeks after you've began the process of searching for advice and finding a broker and identifying the product you may or may not be eligible for. Whereas I think in, you know, if you look at the credit card and unsecured loan space, clearly that decisioning comes a lot sooner in the process. Uh, I think there's no question that we're, we're all pushing to a point where we'd like to create for customers a great deal more certainty earlier on in the process as to whether or not they can obtain the mortgage they need because ultimately the customer doesn't really care about the mortgage what the customer cares about is the house that they're looking to remortgage or the house that they're looking to buy and the sooner we can make this process much slicker uh, much more certain for them in terms of whether or not they're going to be able to make that purchase or remortgage that property the better so I, I think you'll see us and you know people in the, the market such as like some money supermarket moving to try and find ways to to get that decision the ultimate ability to decide whether or not the lender is going to lend to that person much earlier on in the process would that be through use of open banking and I guess ABMs as well, doing that much earlier in the process so that the user, I mean, what, what mechanism do you, what, what sort of technology do you think could facilitate that? Uh, I think it's a combination of factors. You know, if you look right now, um, you know, you, you could do an AVM upfront earlier in the process, but that AVM isn't ultimately necessarily the same AVM model that behind the scenes a lender is looking at. Mm -hmm. Same with the credit score. You can get a customer's credit score, but you don't necessarily know whether that score will be treated one way or another by a lender. So I think if you look at AVMs, credit scoring, digital ID, and also open banking too, whilst all of those things can occur earlier in the process right now, mm -hmm. that's ultimately not impacting the decision that's occurring behind the scenes on the lender side what we need to do is find a way to verify that for example if I get a credit score up front in the process with a certain yeah. lender or if I get an AVM up front in the process that information that I've obtained up here is information that will be accepted by the lender as part of their decision-making process mm -hmm. without them having to do another search to get that data mm -hmm. and therefore we can move all of that information up earlier in the process and say to the customer hey look you've given us your open banking data that's fantastic we can tell you that based on that based on the AVM based on your credit score this lender will give you that mortgage yeah I guess I guess it all comes down to you know the challenges you've had even integrating just simple passing of data for application forms and dick I mean the, it's quite a patchwork of systems and, uh, uh, and well, you know within the market at the moment that, how far off do you think that is you know I guess for that to be achieved lenders really would have to have properly 
developed APIs that can that these systems could talk to. How do you think that's something that can happen in the in the kind of near future, or are you thinking more multiple years away? I think it is something that can happen in the near future. I think what, what we've built and are building with lenders around this connectivity piece on APIs is is a is a pipeline into their their systems. Yeah. Ultimately, that pipeline can contain and can support transmission of whatever documents and whatever whatever information the lender needs in order to make a decision. So mm. if we're collecting data about the value of the property upfront, customer's credit score, we can pass that information straight to the lender through that same pipeline, and they can do with it whatever they need to. So I don't think the lender needs to say that they need five six seven eight ten apis for all the different services they need mm. if they've got one api that they can provide out to the market that everybody can pass data into and through then they can do with that data what they need to and then pass back through that api the decisions mm -hmm. they need to give mm -hmm. okay so i guess the kind of logical then uh, next point is you know, how do you see these changes i think you know whichever guys they come in the industry is going to go through some quite big technological changes over the next few years how do you see these kind of really affecting the, the role of the broker, the mortgage broker in the future? I think we've always said, um, and Bucket, to be fair, has also said this as well, you know, that the role of a broker ultimately should be to give advice to the customer, to have that conversation, to understand the soft facts about that individual, to help them find the right product, not necessarily based on rate, but the right product based upon that customer's circumstance. And that's the thing, as we've always said, that algorithms and computers can't do. Mm -hmm. That's the area where if we can release some of the time that the broker is spending on admin, spending on keying data, spending on calling up lenders to track cases, the more time they can spend with their customers, getting to know them, offering them the service that that customer wants, that's the best value that we can add to the market, to the broker, and ultimately to the customer as well. Mm -hmm. I guess if you think forward a few years, I would imagine a lot of the technology that's being developed is going to become built into the products, like your products and others in the sector. So how would a broker sort of differentiate themselves in the future, I guess? And, and um, you know, if, if, if there are standard tools for kind of fat finds that the user can fill in, for example, uh, upload their ID or use some form of digital ID, um, do you think also that the, the, the broker's fees might start to come into question if a lot of the legwork is being automated by the user and systems? I think that, and if you look at the stats as I say earlier, it's, it's really interesting right now to see that volume of remortgage searching still going on in the market. And, and that's telling us that brokers are taking a really proactive look at their customer banks and identifying where they can help and support people. And I think that's going to be the role that the broker will play going forward in, in how they differentiate themselves. It's, you know, how good are you at staying in touch with your customer, making sure they're aware of the services that you provide, but also things like protection, insurance as well, you know, how you can support them, not just in transacting, uh, buying a property or remortgaging a property, but how you can give them a, a real advice service really add value to their lives in some way yeah. and support them financially and i think that's how you differentiate if, if you're an order taker you know for me in two or three years time yeah you're, you're right mark order taking can be done by computers mm -hmm. um, but advice advice is something that is still done by a person yeah yeah so do you think um there's been a bit of a, a growth in execution only and product transfer the last few years uh i'm not quite sure what percentage of the market exactly it is but when i heard the stat recently i was like wow that's actually that's a very big chunk of the market i mean do you think and obviously technology has been a key uh, player in that as well i did actually did my own one uh, with my uh, lender and did it all in about two minutes and that was you know super simple um and a good experience do, how do you see that market growing in future uh, uh, and how would the broker kind of fit within that 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 world 
So I think obviously, you know, brokers have started to play now a much bigger part in the product transfer market and lenders have supported them in, in doing that. Mm. And clearly that's enabling brokers to provide a, another level of service to their customer who may, like yourself, want to go, okay, look, I, what I'd rather do is stay with my, my existing uh, lender and just do a product transfer. So like you, I, I did a product transfer reasonably recently, but I did get my broker to, to come in and help me do that. Um, I th- and I think it's worth that just to check that actually it's the right thing for you to do. Yeah. Um, so, so, you know, I think it is going to continue to grow the product transfer market and it is ultimately going to continue to grow in terms of the execution only market. And we've seen that from the actions the regulator has taken uh, mm-hmm. and clearly where lenders are trying to find ways to, to win back margin. Mm-hmm. But from, from my perspective personally, and also from our perspective as a business, you know, mm-hmm. we've always said and we always maintain that advice is really important to the customer. Yeah. You know, they need to get advice to understand that the decision they're making are the right thing for them to do and mortgages are incredibly complex yeah. so so for me you know brokers still have a very important role to play in this marketplace regardless of whether product transfers or execution only become 5 10 20 percent of the market yeah i completely agree actually i mean in terms of you know my own personal thoughts on this the, there was a lot of noise the last in the last few years around robo advice and ai driven advice and uh, and i think a lot of startups kind of pitched their ways with that for various reasons but actually in reality as we know, there were there were still you know actual advisors, you know, human beings giving advice behind the scenes. And I think um, given the size of the decision that someone's making, the commitment they're making, you know, it's a fairly complex calculation to make. There's lots of pros and cons compared to you know if it's uh, Robo has been uh, um, really uh, quite popular and successful uh, within you know pension investments, understanding the appetite of risk for a user. But really, that's only kind of six or seven metrics that you're you're kind of looking to understand. Whereas you know, completely agree in the mortgage market is a much bigger piece and a much bigger decision but i guess you know going back to the technology perspective it it really does astound me just how much manual kind of admin work and how much printing of paper and rekeying data uh, uh, is, is is kind of still undertaken in the sector so completely agree in terms of you know i, I really think the next few years are going to be uh, see a real growth in technology enabling human beings to you know do what they do do what they free them up to add value where they can which is giving advice but i guess operationally there could be some quite big changes in the next few years in terms of uh, um you know learning you know using this new technology um but i think um lots of opportunity um so i guess you know i think we're both agreeing that uh we don't we'll ever see a truly robo uh, uh completely automated uh ai driven mortgage advice service but you know there are those simpler cases that uh um you know maybe don't need as much human intervention do you see um, anything in the market at the moment uh, in terms of digital startups kind of really focusing on those? Now, how do you think that incumbent sort of mortgage brokers should can, can compete with them? So I think there's probably two parts of that. Um, yes, there's there's clearly digital startups in the market and there's people like Habito and Trussell who've been in the market for some time uh, yeah. looking to service those customers. And I think they're doing a good job of that. You know, they've got a differentiated proposition uh, and clearly they've gone to market with a with a clear message about the kind of customer that they're looking to service. I think they're, they're leading the way in some respects from the bigger networks, but I think you can also expect that the bigger networks will want to have their own play in that digital market as well. So they'll want to support their own 
business and their brokers in delivering a digital advice service for their customers. And I'm sure you will hear more about that over the course of the next year. Um, but I also think it's important that you know brokers don't necessarily get caught up in thinking they need to try and compete with Habito and Trussell. Because look, you, you're not all going to have a 30 million pound advertising budget to go and spend on the TV. So you know, focus on what you do well. Focus on your existing client bank, growing that client bank, staying in contact with them. Don't try and pick a fight that ultimately you, you can't win. Um, you know, focus on dealing with the customers that you can help and support and doing that in the way that you do best. Cool. So I guess looking to the future, not just for the sector, but for 27 Tech. So what are your plans for the next year and or next couple of years? It kind of depends a little bit on where we get to go back to work, really. <laughs> uh, yeah. no, we, so we, we've got an office expansion planned in, which currently is planned for June. So uh, growing the team even further at the moment, you know, currently is our intention for that still to happen. Mm -hmm. Clearly it's a challenging market at the moment, but we mm -hmm. look to continue to grow the business. We've got some other products that, that we're working on in the background. And, you know, this, this time of um, perhaps less face-to-face -face meetings is giving us time to focus on some other areas we can look to expand into uh, and develop the platform further. So you know, from our perspective, it's an exciting time. You know, we're still here to support our intermediary and our lender partners and the mortgage market, as it always has done, um, will no doubt bounce back into robust health in due course. Yes, well, as I say, back to the beginning, let's just hope this doesn't go on too long. Cause, uh, Absolutely. So I guess um, that probably seems like a good place to wrap up then for today. That's a positive thought for the end. Um, so yeah, thanks a lot for your time uh, today. Really appreciate uh, you joining for our second interview that we've done on, uh, on our YouTube channel. Um, hope you have a good bank holiday uh, weekend and yes, hope the sun stays and uh, we'll catch up in person when this is all over. Absolutely, look forward to it, Mark. Thanks a lot. Take care. Cheers. Bye-bye. Bye. -bye. Okay. Bye.